Hello, everyone. I'm Michael W. Kithcart, and welcome to Champions of Risk, conversations that explore the many aspects of risks that occur in our lives, both self-created and situational, so we can face uncertainty with more resilience, confidence, and humor together. Champions of Risk is about understanding risk's role in living up to our fullest potential. In order to accomplish any big thing in life, whether it's starting a business, growing that business, switching careers, entering a partnership personally or professionally, or leaving one's life behind for another adventure, all of that requires taking action in spite of uncertainty. That's the definition of risk. But here's the thing, what feels like a big risk to me might not to you. You might be willing to take risk in one aspect of your life, but not another. I know I've taken a bigger risk at different times in my life, and at other moments, I've turned my back on it. So today, we are going to talk a little bit about risk. I have my very dearest friend, Stephanie Hansen, with me. I'm so excited to have her share this time with me. Stephanie is the host of Makers of Minnesota and the Weekly Dish podcasts, and she was NABO's Small Business Woman of the Year in 2013. Can you believe it? I do. I was there cheering you on. I was 2013 che- seems so long ago. It was just yesterday, and we were championing you. So... Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm so excited that you're starting a podcast. I love podcasting. It is so fun. And I know you're going to be great at it. And here's how I know. Because you and I have spent, I think, 25 years Mm -hmm. running together. We have spent a lot of time talking about taking risks, being risk takers, how to handle situations when you're in the middle of doing risk taking. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got a lot to say on the subject. Well, thank you. Uh, We've been there for each other while we've both leapt in into different risky situations. So I think that we both know that there's a lot of material on this subject matter. Absolutely. So today, I would love to talk with you a little bit about a particular time when you have taken a big risk. It's funny when I think about risk taking in the context of my professional life, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of the risks that I've taken have kind of been through crisis times like necessity. And I'll give you an example. Um, I think my first risk that I took was my bi- my husband and I decided, he, he decided that he wanted to start a business. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to have the business set up. He wanted to start a business with a woman that he worked with that was a project manager for him in a, a company. And the way that the business was set up was a third, a third, a third. And at the time, I th- was just like, oh yeah, sure. Like it's paperwork. I'm 33% of this business. What he was doing was very intentional was he wanted to have ownership of the company. So he wanted our collective ownership to be 66% and the business partner to be 33. It was all fine. We signed the paperwork. It was great. What that also meant though, for being a risk taker was that it was going to be our money primarily that was going to launch this business. So we took $50,000 out of basically our retirement funds at that time and decided that we were going to start this business. And he was going to start it, and I was just going to be like a silent partner at home. And at that time, did you feel like that was like, oh, yeah, 50 grand, we're going to throw it in the business, this is going to be great, it's all going to work out? 100%. I didn't think about it any more than that. Which, which I I didn't think about it because I was young and I had money and I was making good money. So I thought, well, even if we lost it all, like in, at the end of the day, we could recover. I, we would be able to make that money back. And I just totally believed in him probably wrongly. So to be honest, because I didn't ask any questions. I didn't 
know anything about the business. I didn't even know it. Look at the business plan. I just knew like, this was my husband. He was smart. He had gone to business school. He was good at presenting. And I was just like, yeah, if he says he wants to start a business, I can believe in him and I can risk 50 grand. Yes. Well, hey, the definition of risk, right, is taking action in the midst of uncertainty. And sometimes blind faith also plays into that. When did you really feel like you were invested in that company? And was that a different level of risk for you when you decided to do that? Yes. And this is where probably a crisis occurred. And I made the choice based on a crisis situation about, let's see. So we started the business in 2012 officially, and it must have been about, no, we started it earlier than that. It was 2011. In any case, my husband had started the business and he was working on the business with our partner um, to create the business. At that time, I was a sales manager and I was working at a local alternative newspaper. I was managing a pretty big staff. The newspaper was doing extremely well. We were diversifying into the internet, which was brand new at the time, trying to figure out revenue models for that. It was a very all-encompassing job. It was managing a lot of people. And by a lot, I, I directly managed like 18 people. It was managing the revenue stream. It was managing the events that we did. It was an alternative newspaper, so there was a lot of entertaining, a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars, nightclubs, live music. So there was a lot of front-facing client time. And while it was great and I loved it and it was probably one of the best jobs I ever had, I was feeling very stretched. I had a small child at home. Kurt was starting this business with his business partner and it was feeling like it wasn't moving as fast as it should. And I was just feeling like, wow, I am doing all of this and I'm spinning so many plates. And I felt very taxed. I felt like I was kind of at the end of my rope a lot. And yet I kept going. I just kept pushing through thinking, oh, this is just what it is. And then my mom got cancer and she was stage two when she first got it. But over the course of her having cancer in five years, she went from having cancer to remission to death. And... I can vividly remember when my mom called me to tell me that she had had a recurrence and I was working this super busy job. I had a small child. Kurt and I started this business and I had like, okay, we can deal with this. This is fine. A couple of weeks later, I was driving to work and I felt like I was having a heart attack. I was so, I didn't even know what was happening. I was like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? I pulled over. I called my husband and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like I'm having a heart attack. I can't breathe. He was like, well, do you think you need to go to the emergency room? I was like, okay, just, you know, I'm just going to sit in the car. Of course, like women, you know, we don't always like think right away that something's wrong, which is not the right thing to do, but turned out it kind of subsided. So I was like, okay. And I went to work and continued on with my life. But what about in hindsight, what would you say that panic attack was attributed to? I think... Because I had another one like two weeks later. I think in hindsight, it was my body's way of telling me what my mind wasn't really working through, which was that I was having a mother who was dying and I wasn't ready for it. And I was under a tremendous amount of stress. I was feeling really just stretched. And after the second episode that happened, I was telling my husband about it. At this point, I did realize it was a panic attack. And my husband looked at me and he said, well, quit your job. 
And the risk in doing that for you, what did that mean to quit a job that you liked and were really good at? It meant a couple things. One was financial security because we did not have it. We had put this $50,000 into this business and we were starting to need to take out more money and not being able to get money. So my husband wasn't making any money at the time. Um, Leaving a job I loved Mm -hmm. and the sadness of that and not knowing if I would ever get another opportunity like that. Um, the, on the plus side, I felt like if I did it now, I could spend the time with my mom that I needed to spend. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like just this verbal vomity stage where I was just like, I saw my boss the next day and I was like, I I need to quit my job. Like I just literally had like another kind of episode in his office and he was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like what's happening. And I was like, I just need to quit. Like, I can't figure out my way out of this. I can't get more sleep. I can't manage better. I can't do any of the things that friends would tell me to do. All I can see to do is to quit. I just need to clear the decks. I need a moment. And he was like, well, you know, could you take a leave of absence or could you? I was like, no, I just need to be done. And I don't even know why. And he's looking at me and he's knowing I'm under a lot of stress. He's knowing what's happening at home. And he was really supportive. He was like, okay, you know, I really don't want to see you leave, but I understand it's a personal decision. And so I left. And that at that point, so that was a big leap for you. Yeah. And in your case, you just needed a clean break, (laughs) like no trying to find another solution. So you leapt into this, this pond of, business ownership that you had had your hands out of. Yeah, because then what I really thought I was going to do is take care of my mom. And I did for two weeks and then she was dead. And so that happened so much faster than I thought. And I had a lot of comfort in as much uncertainty as I was experiencing. I also had a lot of comfort that I did the right thing because I got to spend some time with my mom that really has meant a lot to me over the years, reflecting back on her illness. Yeah. But so then she's, she's dead and I'm like, okay, like this is, this is sad and terrible, but I'd been grieving her for five years cause she was sick the whole time and I needed to figure out what I was going to do next. And I was started to interview for jobs and my husband, so you was, quit your job yeah, that you loved because you think you couldn't figure out how to do it anymore with the other things that were going on in your life. And now like a month later, you're back interviewing for jobs. Yes. And how did that work for you? Um, well, the, the old boss called and said, you know, we still haven't hired for your position. We'd love to have you back. And I just knew that I couldn't go back. I knew that the way forward was not to go backwards. It was to move forward into that uncertainty. But it felt exciting, traumatic, um, dark, positive, bright. Like it was everything. It was just this idea that I could do anything. I just needed to find what the anything was. And I had a lot of contacts. I had a lot of people interested in me. Everybody wanted me to be a sales manager again because I was good at it. And that was what the marketplace, there aren't a lot of great sales managers. Turns out I didn't necessarily know that at the time. But I also knew that I didn't want to be in a position right then where I was going to be managing all these people and just jump back in. I knew I needed some time to figure out what was next. And then, so I'm just going to fast forward a little bit because you 
did end up being a business owner with your husband. And well, and- so I'm interviewing and he says, uh, well, maybe you should just, you know, come and do this at our business. Like we need sales. We need people. So I started in a sales role at my own company and I felt like I was a salesperson in my own company. And from there, over the course of years, I was more and more successful as a salesperson. We ended up hiring some people. I ended up becoming the sales manager of my own company, which I probably couldn't have foreseen at the time. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to feel even like I I still, when I sold that business, I still did not feel like it was mine. Yeah. I I always felt like it was my husband's. I, and my husband's in the business partner too. Like I always felt like I worked for them. I felt like I was an employee and that might be part of what was the key to my success because I never, like, I always felt like if I couldn't ask you, if I couldn't do it, I couldn't ask you to do it. Now there's some lessons to be learned there, which number one, and I think you were the one who told me this was, you know, you don't always need to be the person making the fries right. in order to have a good restaurant, but it, it was really a, it was a risk to start a business. It was a risk to quit the comfort and security of the job I had. You know, healthcare was a big consideration at the time. Mm-hmm. My mom had just died of cancer. I didn't know, you know, is this something that's going to happen to me? I didn't have insurance as a small business person and we ended up getting it, but it was, you know, a few years where we didn't have coverage. Yeah, we so- did the Cobra thing for 18 months. That was super expensive. Turned out not as expensive as having your own insurance later on down the road. But what are you going to do? And you take those, again, those risks at the moment because they seem like the best option. And it that they don't have to be forever, right? You know, those decisions. And as you go and you grow the business, you're able to make uh, other decisions and Things that maybe would have felt risky two years ago, you know, or the first two years of the business don't feel as risky uh, later on. You all together collectively grew this business. And then it, there were conversations that started around selling it. Now, what goes through your mind when you're selling a business? Is that easy? What's difficult about it? Oh, boy. Selling a business is almost as hard as launching a business which I didn't anticipate. To sell a business, you have to think about it two years in advance of the sale because you need to start making sure your books are proper. You need to start thinking about what it is that you want out of the sale. You need to start thinking about the marketplaces that might be good for you to invest in. Uh, when you buy equipment, you know, thinking about, we were in the printing and direct mail business, so thinking about leases and how long those would be and assets. So that was a two-year process of thinking about it and then really making the decision to do it. At the time, my husband wanted to sell. I was sort of on the fence and my business partner did not. So we took a vote and my vote was the one that made the determination to sell. I really voted for, again, I voted for my husband in that I knew he was the visionary. He was the product developer. He was the person that had the vision. I was the boots on the ground who sold what we had. And then my business partner was really good at operations and the human resources and some of the uh, vendor contracts. But I knew without his vision that she could be really good at her things and I could sell what we had, but that sooner or later, the business moved so fast. If I didn't have that vision and I wasn't a visionary, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be able to maintain the value that the company had because we were really kicking it. Mm -hmm. And at that exact moment, I knew if we sold it, we would get 
the top dollar for what we had. Okay. And I thought if we held on to it for longer, we needed to probably invest another $10 million in it. And I just didn't have the stomach for it. I knew if I quit, I could take out and I would walk away with, I, I figured I'd walk away with two or $3 million, which seems like a lot, but I knew if I also stayed in it for five more years, I could have probably doubled that if not tripled it, but I just didn't have the stomach for it. If my husband wasn't in it. All of those times and all the years that you had the business, whether you were in it day to day, all the way through the time that you sold it, how would you say your intuition kind of kicked in at key moments for you? Did you follow it? Did you bury it? Where, Like how much of an impact did intuition have in your decision making along the way? It's a good question that I still don't know the answer to and I wish I did because I'm a barrier. I just put my head down and I keep moving forward. Like it's a blizzard and nobody's supposed to be driving, but I've got to get to an appointment. So I'm out there driving in the blizzard. I just, I put my head down and then I just keep going. Now, does intuition play into that? Yes, it does. Because there's something about that that is like a voice that's driving you forward. Mm -hmm. But I don't listen consciously. I wish I did. I just keep going. And nine times out of 10, pluck, tenacity, hard work, and the ability to just show up does make a difference. Yes. And that willingness to just do it. Yeah. And just to like, okay, this really is horrible. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm horribly uncomfortable. I'm just going to keep going. And I still do that. I mean, even when we sold the business, then I had to reinvent myself again. And what I thought I was going to be wasn't what it ended up being. Well, okay. So you have these big life experiences at some point, some level of awareness of self emerges sort on of. that. <laughs> I still just think I just do stop. Some take longer than others to mm-hmm. learn the lessons. That's why they keep showing up. Uh, and, and so what would you tell your yourself today that you couldn't tell yourself 10 years ago? Like, what do you know for sure about yourself and how you operate today? I know that if you have a strong foundation of humanity, like if you are a good person and being a good person means different things to different people. For me, it means, are you trustworthy? Do you not lie? Do you care about others as much as you care about yourself? Obviously you're going to care about yourself more in certain circumstances. Other times it's better to be selfless. Are you a hard worker? Like, do you do what you say? If you say you're going to do something, I really believe that you have to be able to do it. So what does that mean? Do you have to learn new skills to do it? Do you have to just show up to do it? Do you have to hire people to do it? Whatever it is that you say is the basis of why someone wants to do business with you. I also think gratitude is important. Thanking your customers, thanking your employees, being able to sit with them side by side and get an order out the door And understanding that they have lives, they have families, and they don't live to work. You know, they're working to live. And what does that mean for you as a business person? Mm -hmm. Also, when you say goodbye to people, like great people worked for me. They needed to go and be great somewhere else at some point. And it was sad and hard. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want them to leave because it would make my life miserable. But I wanted the best for them. I wanted the best for their families. I wanted them to have opportunities that sometimes people just age out of a company in terms of what the skill sets are that they can learn and grow. 
And I couldn't provide them with those opportunities anymore. So I had to be supportive of them. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of values in that, that striving purpose, which forms from that. So no matter what and whatever, and I just happen to know this because I've known you long enough, that that follows through. That's a very consistent string throughout your entire career. So, and I think that that's an interesting uh, point because sometimes when you're following some might call it gut, your purpose, you're showing up the way that you want to be as a person, the things that you decide to do become easier when you're following those. So to the outside world, some of the things that you've done and you've accomplished have required taking big risk. And at the same time, if you're listening to that inner voice and you're driving from your purpose, it makes it easier to take that that big leap. And I think you're a really great example of that. So I just want to point that out. I always think that for me, risk is like financial. I risked not maximizing my earning potential for lots of years because I was building a business. I risked our house. I risked uh, divorce, honestly. I mean, the first three years of our business, we laid in bed at least on two separate occasions and talked about what it would look like if we split up. Those are really hard conversations. I asked my husband, I I thought the business was his mistress, as it were. And I asked him to choose between me and my daughter and our family and the business. And he chose the business. That was like such a gut punch. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because he didn't love me. And it wasn't because he didn't want to be in our family. It was because he felt so driven in his purpose to be this business person, to be this business owner. And it was that important to him. And when he told me that, I was like, okay, wow, that was not the answer I expected. And we've been married now 26 years. We have been through a lot together. I just really, I'll never forget that moment. I think it's what re-entrenched me to our vision Mm -hmm. because that he was that kind of person also appealed to me. Yes. Like I wanted someone that was going to give it their all at, you know, risk everything that was attractive even though it meant I was not always on the side of you weren't always going to be number one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a very brave conversation to be able to have. Um, and bravery is certainly required in, uh, business ownership among other things. I'd just say living too as well. So thank you so much for sharing part of your story today, Steph. It's always great to, to talk with you and we will continue having more stories around champions who have taken all different kinds of risks with great successes, spectacular failures, and a lot in between. So please join us next time. 